Hey everybody, it is Nick and me, me and Nick, and we are here today, this week, for Megasheen. Oh, what's going on? I just had to take a sip of wine. <laughs> you had you had wine last week. This this must be weeks this must be crazy weeks for you. Listen, my body from neck down hurts. So god damn it, I deserve this glass of wine. Well, yeah, you've been practicing. How, how's, uh, you know, rehearsal? and Girl, okay. So we had rehearsal yesterday. They want to rehearsal today. They want to rehearsal Thursday. They want to rehearsal Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm like, oh, my sweet gherkins. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, I understand the show is like next week or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, that's why. <laughs> but God damn. I'm like, I can't sit down. I can't breathe. Like, when I tell you... You can't animate. This is how... Right. Fun. I got a show to do, baby. Remember? <laughs> Shit. Like, you know how you do a lot of squats or some lunges and, yeah. like, the inside of your thighs are hurting? Yeah. Or, like, you know, you get you get the D real good and we legs up in air. That's how my legs feel. Okay. I'm like, no, oh, God. I mean, that's how I feel at CrossFit when they be talking about do 50 wall balls. And then they turn around and do, like, do 50 lunges. And you're like, you know what? But then, you know, you have to try to be cute because you got your favorites in there. You don't look like you're weak, so. Right. You got you to gotta stunt for them. Yeah, so they can, you know, look and be like, okay, so he can handle it if I give it to him. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta, you have to make sure that happens. Cause yeah, I, I, I was happy yesterday. All of my crushes were there, all of them. That's wonderful. That's, that's a wonderful time to be a crossman. Uh, so you was just throwing. You have to, you know, that's a motivation point. I'm sure some of y'all who are doing, if you're doing CrossFit, I'm sure you have your favorites, and when they're all there, it's just, it's glorious. Cause you can turn one way and see one, and you can turn the other, look right in front of you, look beside you. It's, it's wonderful. All right. Look at my body. Look at my body. Look at my body. Okay. Shoot. It's a good motivator. But yeah, I'm feeling good. And, you know, I'm just really relaxed because it's not a crazy week. Uh Um, I'm just really feeling good and excited. And, you know, I'll be gone next week. So I'm really excited for all of that. You know what else we excited for? What? Universal Fan Con. Oh, that's right. We keep telling y'all this ain't no game. Go get, go ahead and get your tickets. And you know we're gonna be up in there. Are they discounted this week? I, I saw them at discount. Uh huh. Yeah, I better jump in and get these tickets. Y'all know you don't want to miss this because it's gonna be everything that we that you see on Twitter with us, but live. I mean, that's but live, put live. You can hold us accountable for it because we'll be saying it, so it's all right. Right. Be like, uh, Nick was doing handstands in the uh, the hotel lobby. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, and. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead and get your tickets because <laughs> we gonna be there and we gonna turn up, and I'm gonna be loud, and I'm gonna be drunk. Maybe, maybe one time, but you know, yeah, time, we gotta be professional. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta yeah. be. Because I am a professional. (laughs) 
Lord. I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but Bodyguard was on um, this weekend. And I just kind of called it. I haven't looked at the Bodyguard in years. But is it just me? But is it? I just noticed how fine, uh, what's his name was? Kevin Costner? Yeah. He was fine in that movie. I could see that. I think he was more fine in JFK. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen that one in a long time either. I love that movie. I could watch that movie almost every day, and that movie is like three hours long. Oh my god! I watched. I, I watched it. I can't remember nothing about it, but I remember when it came out. But yeah, that's something about. I just realized that Kevin Costner was a, a, a very good looking man. I mean, he still is good looking, but it was just like, wow! I didn't realize how. Okay. You know who I thought was terrible looking until like here recently, yeah. Michael Bolton. I can see that because that hair is to throw me off. Yeah, that hair was like it had a mind of its own and I don't I was like, ugh, will you please get that together? But when he shaved that, I was like, Oh, okay. Okay, Michael. <laughs> you know, I see that because he does look good at an older age. I think he did he have like a reality show or something for a minute. I think so. I know he has like a Netflix. He had he had, had or he has like a Netflix special yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. He he aged pretty well. You know, some men do age really well. You know, you got Idris is always continue to age well, and you know, I still think um, Denzel is still very handsome. Um, some people don't anymore, but I still think he is. Um, and Ben Rames, mostly because of the, uh, Baby Boy. That's all right, all right. Well, he was butt ass naked. What was he cooking eggs? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't we want all of us want somebody to do that? We have to look good at doing that too. You can't be the mess, but you gotta be. Yeah, make sure the food is, is, is seasoned and you season. You know, you need to make sure all that stuff is ready to go. I know that's right. <laughs> I know that's right. Let's let's go ahead and get in this tea. Let's get into it. Um, this. Some good, some bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start out with the good. Okay. So, Nike, they released a commercial, I think it was last week, which surprised the hell out of me. It was a commercial uh, in their Be True Pride collection, and mm-hmm. it starred uh, Laomi Maldonado. Now, if you don't know Laomi, she is a legend and the Vogue scene. Yeah. Yeah. She was, uh, I think she's from New York, Mm -hmm. and she, if if you're familiar with the name, she was also part of the dance crew Vogue Evolution that was on season four of America's Best Dance Crew. Mm -hmm. And the commercial was really good. Like, I didn't expect Nike to come out with something like that. But then again, it was Pride. Well, it is Pride Month, so all these corporations are trying to get that money. Yeah. And I, and it was really, really beautiful shot. It was really nice um, to hear her voice. It was a lot of truth to what she was saying about you know being yourself. It, it, it came down to being yourself, being real, being honest. And I loved it because you got to see her at work, <laughs> you know, doing something that we know her for. And I and it was great. And I was, you know, I applaud Nike for going there because they could have picked because they could have picked any old 
white gay boy, like I'm free and right my abs, but no, they, they went somewhere totally different, and this was good because we need to see something like that, and then to have Nike, the big, you know, the big mega madness it is to do that. That was very. They didn't. Have, I mean, that was very surprising. They didn't have to do that. And they did, and I was happy to see that. Yeah, it was a really good, um, a really good commercial, and I hope that even after Pride month typically ends i hope these corporations do more than just throw a rainbow on their product and say that we are down for it Mm -hmm. we're down for the queer people because anybody could do that yeah but okay so what are you going to do on july 1st what are you going to do on you know september 16th Mm-hmm. let's review and examine your policies and guidelines that specifically pertain to LGBTQ people. Mm-hmm. So let's, I'm, I, we need to hold these corporations and these businesses accountable for the fucked up shit they do do. And let's just not give a pass on these corporations just because they throw a rainbow on their product and say, Oh, we're down with y'all. Much like the police departments that throw a rainbows on their cars and say, oh, we're down with y'all. But then five seconds later, they want to go and arrest people. But we'll get into that. Yeah. In fact, let's go ahead and just jump into that because... Go, well, let's go ahead. Because this weekend we had um, two Pride events, one in New York um, and then the other one that happened in, and in Ohio. Was this, I, it, was, it was not Cincinnati. It was Columbus. Columbus. And it was interesting because um, what we saw was a whole, you know, the cops were, you know, driving around in their rainbow-filled cars or they were in the parade. And, you know, everybody was cheering for them and everything else. And that was interesting because, you know, people were posting it online and the reactions were mixed, but really not, you know, in the cops' favor. There were several sites that really got on my nerves when it was like, oh, here's the hottest cops. Like, oh, he was the hot cop there. I'm like, okay. I was like, are we really doing this? But was no, it BuzzFeed? It was, I don't know who it was. It was like, actually, no, it was, it was more of the gay blogs. Okay. Wouldn't be surprised if BuzzFeed did something like that too. But um, it was just a lot of that that I was seeing. And um, what was interesting um, that we also had our protests. So a lot of the, no justice, no pride. Um, people were out and about, you know, doing their normal protests they normally do. In um, New York, they did it, and the, about the, a dozen of them were arrested for doing that. Uh, a dozen and, of them were arrested at Stonewall. Yeah, because that is significant. Because if you don't know your gay history, Stonewall was started by queer people of color, specifically females. Yeah. So therefore, that was an issue. Um, six of them were booked with criminal charges or criminal trespassing, and then five were charged with obstructing obstructing government governmental administration, and one was charged with disorderly conduct. Um, also, Stonewall, the area is now considered protected by the government as well. So if y'all didn't know that, that recently uh-huh. happened last year. But like, in, in somewhat, I was you know. I was like, I expected that this was to happen. Um, but the, I think what really shook me up was the one in Columbus. Because in Columbus, um, 
they did the protest and then you know they were really kind of rough with them they were snatching them off bikes doing all the stuff but what was bothering me was how people were was cheering the cops doing this um and then it's funny because the sergeant his name was ed hansen said that he got a tip that there would be uh, a protest so what i was getting from that is we, somebody was like i'm gonna tell on these people doing this protest uh-huh. they did that and then the people were cheering and then i heard they were spitting on them right and that it was, was a... like okay. go ahead and it was like it was interesting because in new york it wasn't i mean so, you know the court people were like like why would they do this but at the same time people like well it's you know it's new york city it's stonewall we get it but i wasn't shocked hearing this about columbus because i'm like well we're in ohio no offense but i was like we're in ohio so of course people were going to do that and the responses were interesting because they kept talking about how black lives matter don't like black don't like gay people they hate gay people um they never and it was like more about how black people hate gays and i was like that's funny i guess you know nothing about Black Lives Matter, who started Black Lives Matter, and mm-hmm. you know, forefront of Black Lives Matter, because queer people did all that. But anyway, it was a lot of people voicing their opinions about the one in Columbus because they kept saying that this is how Black people respond to gay people, and it was very disheartening because it showed ignorance still is bliss there, but also how much they don't know about protest and the power of protest or about Black Lives Matter. Ditto. Ditto to what you just said. It's, um, yeah, we had our Pride event the same weekend as uh, New York's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I went down there. The cops were present because you know we always have those, um, those church protesters down at our festival. And I know the the cops were out heavy. And I had my, um, I made it known to walk around the cops just to see if they would get a reaction of my shirt that I was wearing. You saw my shirt. If you didn't see the shirt, the shirt said, does my blackness offend you? Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people, a lot of white people said they like my shirt. I was like, okay, thank you. But you know, I didn't take no, I didn't see that as a positive or a negative because I didn't know how, you know, I don't know if they was being shady or trying to read me, whatever, whatever the case may be. But this Columbus issue, it's it echoes the same thing that happened at the Toronto Pride last year. Mm-hmm. That these people say, oh, they're down for diversity. They're down for inclusion. But when we say, oh, let us do this, then they get up in a funk. Yeah. And I think all of the the protesters of the Black Lives Matter in Columbus they wanted a uh, a moment of silence for uh, Philando Castile, mm-hmm. but then they didn't even do that. Yeah. But then, if we act up, if we're regarded as unruly or in an aggressive manner, then we're lo- looked at as the enemy. Yeah, and I'm so. I'm so fucking tired of being looked at at that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. And it's just y'all get a new tune because yeah. this old one is out of it's grow up. Yeah, because yeah, after seeing, but then it, it was also bothering me with New York about not only how they were talking about how hot this cop is or whatever, but 
you know, the, the, the fact that they were cheering them. And I was like, yeah, you're cheering them. And you're like, they're the best. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, but let's not forget, less than a year ago, they were turning their backs on the mayor because he was trying to hold them accountable for, you know, Eric Gardner and issues that were happening in New York. Everybody knows New York, like L.A., has issues with the cops. And our cops have treated people of color. So therefore, I found it interesting how they were praising these cops. I'm like, I'm not praising these cops. And some cop wrote, I'm out here because I support my cousin, whatever. I was like, well, that's great, but I'm still not going to forget that at the same time, I still don't feel safe around y'all because y'all may do the stop and frisk. You may, even though it's supposed to be outlawed, but who knows? And mm-hmm. then how you will still judge me as probably the murderer or the robber or whatever before you even have the facts. And if I put my hand in my pocket or my shirt pocket or even on my mouth, you may shoot me because you may think, oh, I got a weapon in my mouth, so he had to shoot me because um, you, you were threatening my life because you have pretty eyes. So I'm just saying that, you know, this is the type of world we're living in. I can't praise them. Kudos if they want to be out there at the parade, but I'm not going to sit up there and go out of my way and be like, ooh, they're so brave. Like, no, that's right. what Yeah, like, we didn't sign up to be cops. Y'all did. Yeah. yeah. You know, we don't get to take off and the, the, like this Blue Lives Matter, we don't get to take off our blackness. You know, at the end of the day, or whenever you feel like it, you don't have to be a cop anymore. We can't stop being black. But what we can ask for y'all to do is to at least try to show some respect and know the fact that y'all noticed and you need to just be aware of that and not try to sit up there and throw this blue eyes matter back at us or try to be aggressive towards us. You need to recognize that we, stuff has been going down for years. And if we ain't sitting up here smiling with you, you need to be like, okay, well, I understand. That's all y'all need to do. Right. It's just like, y'all, some of y'all white gays are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. and then we already talked about, we talked a little bit about the Babadoo, but it again, it still blows my mind how all of a sudden, this, like, it, it was a mistake by Netflix. That's how it all started. But still how they just be championing this. And that's why, I, I think I said it on Twitter, like, this is a demon or a monster based on depression and anxiety. How do we even get here? And a friend of mine joked, well, Wicked Witch has been a, a thing for us for years. I was like, nah. I said, okay, but not like this. This Babadoo thing. Just went, like People were literally dressing up like it. You know, Somebody but- got engaged to it. Like, I... Um... A guy that uh, we f- we both follow on Twitter, uh, Matthew Rodriguez. Uh, I think he works for Mike.com. Yeah. He had an article, and I read a couple of other articles. Now, I can, after I read them, I can understand those people's processes as far as how they came to the conclusion as Babadook as a a gay, uh, a right now, a gay trend for gay pride. As far uh, as something that's just there that keeps growing and growing, and I can see the analogies that they're trying to make as far as uh, gay rights, uh, marriage equality, all these other things that affect the LGBTQ community. But for me, like, if I'm going to argue their position, I see that that Babadook was depression. Babadook represented all these 
because we wouldn't terrible travel. things. So why would we want to classify being gay or gay pride with all of these bad things and nothing positive? And in the same breath that I can also make an argument as gay pride is not necessarily just one thing. It is depression. It is this. It is that. So I say that to say I'm Switzerland on the issue now because I can see both points. And I can see a little bit about, I guess, because I saw the movie. And I was yes, that, that movie was weird because I was about to say, yeah. bitch, leave this kid at the, uh, a bus stop and hit the road. But at the same time, I'm looking at it like, but that was something she had to beat. And so I right. look at you like to me, that's not to beat it. Okay. But I don't know if I will still use that. I think there's other things you can use. There's so much verse, like so many things you can use. Like I've always said that um, the beginning of Xanadu, for Xanadu to me is like an iconic movie because you think about when they came out of the out of the mural that was them, you know, coming out to me, you know, like they came out. And so I look at stuff like that, but I can't sit up here. It's like, I'm gonna look at, is Freddy Krueger gonna be the next one? Is, damn, the red face um, from Insidious? Is he gonna, is he gonna, no, the bride. Is the bride from Insidious gonna be? The one that looked like him from Powerpuff Girls? Yeah. Because that's what I thought when I first saw it. I was like, somebody has been watching Powerpuff Girls way too much. Are we gonna Are we gonna go there? Um, because yeah, in Insidious, um, it was you know, it wasn't really a woman. It was a man who was dressed as a woman. Are we gonna start playing around with that to try to you know justify this? I mean, yeah, like you were saying, I can see where they were going with it, but I still feel like at the end of the day, it's still kind of ridiculous to me. Um, and maybe because I'm old and I don't. You know, I look at like we have to champion things to move forward. So I want to look at something happy. Like, yeah, look at a Powerpuff Girl. I'm not going to look at a, you know, look at Sydney Prescott. I'm not going to look at um, Ghostface. <laughs> like, I'm going right. to be like, I'm Sydney Prescott, goddammit. I made it through three of the four of these ass movies alive, cut up, but I'm still here. I'm not going to look at Ghostface, but okay, y'all. Have your Babadook. Happy motherfucking Babadook. <laughs> All right. Well, oh, so I'm, I'm going to jump on this one. So Blade. So, you know, a lot of us love Blade. Um, and Blade, I, by, I mean, Wesley Snipes as the Daywalker vampire Marvel. One of the first real Marvel movies that really kind of kicked off the whole comic book movie, I believe, era. Um so we, well, you know, there's been talks about what happened to Blade. You know, will Blade be seen? Will we ever hear about him? And we saw Ghost Rider and Agents of Shield. Well, Kevin, you know, Kevin, the King of Marvel, Kevin Feig, um, basically said um, something I didn't even know about. So a few years ago, um, for those of y'all who still watch these movies, I don't. But that vamp- <laughs> the vampire movie was that that has. Um, I forgot her name. Laura, the, the words are leaving my mouth today. That movie. Twilight? No, not. <laughs> the one that with Kate Beckinsale in it. Um, oh, um, uh, Underworld. Yeah, Underworld. So Underworld was, they had, they had a plan to team up with, with Blade and have a movie together. And I was like, hmm, I feel like that's what uh, Blade 2 was. <laughs> but okay. So 
there was a plan, but she said, oh, no, we can't do anything because they still are going to do something with him. Kevin came out recently and just said, um, um, we're still going to do something with Blade at some point. Haven't really figured out what that is, but he said this, he says what it is, where it will be, we'll see. There's nothing intimate to my knowledge, but they want to do something with it. So we could see Blade come back in the new Marvel Universe. Now, will it be played by Wesley Snipes? Personally, I think it should be. Um, just because he defined the character. But, I, you know, I would love to see him come back. You know, maybe just jump up in Wakanda for a minute. You know, something to where we see him active or maybe if it was if a, a Netflix series, maybe. I'll be down for that, too. Yeah. Um, I can't see anybody playing Blade except Wesley Snipes. Number one, um, it would be interesting to see how they could incorporate the backstory and all that goes with the Blade series and history into the cinematic, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Um, it's it would take some work. It would take some creative writing to do, but I think it's pos- It's very much possible. Yeah. He'll be more in the magical side of things. But, you know, he can something because Darkhold, Darkhold has been mentioned, and Darkhold is like a ancient book of spells and grimoire. I guess like grimoire basically, but that's been mentioned in um, um, Agents of Shield, and also they could come up in Doctor Strange. There was a time they did team up together to get rid of the vampires. Um, so therefore, it, that's they can bring all that together, and maybe since they already introduced. Um, Dark Hope and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe that's how they get him in. Who knows? I think it was on another... I think it was on Fan Bros, or... I think it was on Fan Bros, that they were talking about the next step as far as the Stage 2 in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think they wanted to go the mysticism and magical route, so this would play somewhat into that. Yeah. I know they already started on um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. And they had Doctor Strange, well, which I still haven't seen. And honestly, I don't really don't want to. It's not bad. I will say see it. I will say see it. It's not bad. I mean, I'm not paying for it. It's yeah, on Netflix. It, again, yeah. <laughs> it was good to see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll watch it, even though I still have issues with it. But anywho... It it would make sense from a larger perspective mm-hmm. for Marvel to include, not only include Blade, but to go the mysticism route. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So what else do we got? Oh, you mentioned Han Solo, which is... So yeah, this kind of... Already this was messy to begin with. <laughs> So it broke last week that directors uh, Phil L'Oreal and Chris Miller were let go for the project for creative differences. Mm-hmm. And like a couple of days later, Ron Howard, of all people, was uh, signed on to do direct the Han Solo film. And everybody was looking at this weird, not only because 
of Ron Howard, but they were already three quarters finished with the principal photography of the film. Mm -hmm. So they were damn near ready for this to go uh, back to, uh, you know, production as far as the editing and all that jazz. The movie's set to release next May. Uh, But they say Ron Ron Howard doesn't... He's no stranger to the George Lucas brand. He appeared in uh, American Graffiti back in the 70s. This was was just an odd choice of directors. Yeah, I wonder if it was done because of that connection. It's funny because I think we're about to celebrate the 45th anniversary of um, that movie, so American Graffiti. So I, 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 I didn't really think it was a strange pick. I think it was a safe pick because Ron does have a good track record. He does have a very good track record with movies. But I will say, it was strange in a sense they didn't pick someone who's been in that type of world for a while. Um, but it does open the question about you know how they be picking folks who. As these guys, they worked on the Lego movie, which made a lot of money and did well. But again, it comes back to, um, now, it kind of plays that role, like, do we need to start looking at when y'all pick people who maybe done two videos <laughs> to do these big old movies? Uh-huh. Um, it does play a, a part in that conversation of, so if you were to pick somebody who had experience, and maybe this is what the extreme is, is finding somebody who does have the experience to do it because I, I guess they want a good movie but there's also rumors about the poor actor Aiden or Alden saying that he, they're not satisfied with his work and we don't know how true that is but apparently there's rumors about that I, I, I thought I've seen him in a couple movies um, Stroker and Beautiful Creatures I thought he was okay so I don't know what the problem is but I feel like they wouldn't have chosen him if they didn't think he could do the job if he couldn't do the job they should have just went with Lexi Alexander, call it done. Well, they can do that too. I mean, I feel like they need to start looking into a lot of people who have done movies to that scale. Or, you know, they took a risk with these two men. Mind you, two men. They two white been, men, right? Yeah, they could they take a risk with two women or a woman by herself. You know, I, I feel like with, with Wonder Woman's success, there will be no more excuses about why they cannot go that route. Because um, she is still, she's still breaking down barriers, which is I'm, like the money this movie is making is just ridiculous. Right. But I think that in future movies with Star Wars, they they need to start thinking about bringing a woman in to direct this movie, produce this movie, do what they need to do with this movie. Um, Rogue One proves that a woman could, can carry the movie, regardless if it is a Star Wars movie. But still, they need to kind of jump into the times like what's going on now and we'll probably never know why Phil and Chris were fired or released or whatever Um, but hopefully they will think about giving this giving this director role to somebody who is seasoned but also maybe somebody who can who is different than what they normally would think in a movie like this just look at Jordan Peele yeah yeah Exhibit A, and like you said that after after the success of Wonder Woman, there's no more excuses. But just wasn't it here recently that the the new season of X Files only the writers were all male? Yes. 
So I'm like, so y'all motherfuckers don't want to win. Not only are y'all y'all know that people have been shouting for diversity, but y'all just don't give a damn. Yeah, I just feel like that. I don't know what the barrier is. Like I'm like, why? What's going on? You know, I listen to a lot of script writing or Hollywood um, podcast, and I always try to. I'm like, where is this weird barrier? And I guess what it is is they think what they're doing is safe, but what they're doing is basically bury themselves. So I just mm-hmm. that they really need to like think about it. I mean, Ava is now doing one of is doing this big fantasy story. A Wrinkle in Time is something that has been around for ages, and they trusted her to do this. They need to think about that. They need to look at the sense of Wonder Woman. They need to look at, you know, the past stuff with Hurt Locker and other movies that have been held by women. They really need to just look at that and think, can, like, no, that, well, can she do this? Like, she can do this, and let's give her a chance. You are giving these folks who did Lego movies and movie and, and two-minute videos and <laughs> commercials these uh-huh. movies. It's time for y'all to think about this, because if y'all firing two men who can't do this job, I mean, come on. It's always a woman that got to clean up a man's bullshit. It, it, it's, it's, that's that's <laughs> that's just too much of the truth. That's all. <laughs> I, I can't even say anything because that's just, <laughs> it's always a woman have to clean up the mess. And she did. And I, I wanted to jump into this. I didn't put this on the list, but I wanted to bring this up because this goes kind of hand in hand with the situation. But um, recent recently, Joss Whedon. Um, and I'll and I'll go on record and say he's my fave. I will. I'm a stand for Joss Whedon. Uh, he wrote the Wonder. We kind of talked about this recently, but he wrote the Wonder Woman movie way back about over ten years ago. Um, did not work well with Warner Brothers. They they parted ways. Um, but apparently the script got out, and then you know it, it, that script got out, and there was parts in it that was problematic. Um, however, you know, you know how people get, they get pieces and then next thing you know, you got 12 think pieces and articles and dissertations and everything about stuff. So they went on and on about this particular script. Here were some things that was problematic with it. One. Problematic as fuck. Yeah. It, the, the pieces in the script were not, were not the best. They were problematic in a lot of ways. I went to a live reading. So I went to a live reading of the script. So what we were seeing online wasn't as accurate to what was at the live screening. This is, I mean, the, I mean, the live reading. This is why. It's because we don't know which part of the script we got. People have to remember as screenwriters, one of the things I learned in class, that when you submit a script, if I submit a script in to Jordan Peele, by the time it goes into production, there are probably several versions of it. Also, you have to keep in mind that there are people working on it. So if you have been removed from it, they will bring in somebody else to come in and write stuff in there. So to to be honest, we don't know what he completely wrote. We don't know who wrote these scenes. Um, we don't know if that was the, we don't know what draft of the script it was. So part of me was a little bothered that people took it to the nines about Joss could say he's problematic. He's I'm like, yeah, but we don't know if he wrote that. We don't know what part he wrote. We don't know. Anybody who knows script writing knows it. Once you submit it in and if you're no longer on that project, 
you don't know what's yours or what is that group. Um, so, but also people forgot the one interesting thing about this current Wonder Woman script. They people forgot that when they were trying to get this movie together, they were literally hiring groups of people, writers, to try to figure out what Wonder Woman would be. And then they were picking from a lot of different writers. They went through a lot of different writers before they got Alan to get this movie together. And it wasn't just Alan to do it. Um, there was a there was a woman who, I think the movie just left my mind. She did an indie movie, and she was offered to write the Wonder Woman movie. It was passed around a lot. So people have not really talked about the fact that this script is hodgepodge of many pieces. Joss's pieces are no longer in that movie, but it was never something that was a complete one fix all. They were struggling with getting this movie made and luckily it's a success. But what I wanna say is I want us to be careful when we start attacking people for things that were done 10 years ago or things that were done to where we don't know the extent of because that comes back at us, you know? Like it comes back like, so I'm going after, like when that one, somebody went after Spike Lee for having in school days when they were saying faggot in uh, one of their chants and they were really trying to go after Spike Lee for that and I was like why are we trying to go after this I'm just saying let's just get our facts together before we start going after things and just to know that we still don't know what part of the script was his what part of it was the other writers is creepy not creepy but kind of weird in a way that we attack Joss for that we don't know what he did so I'm speaking from a stand space. I, I will accept that. But I also want us to be mindful of when we are coming at something, we need to know everything about it first. So when the truth comes out, we're not looking like fools, like making the attack. Does that make any sense? I mean, It does. It does. Because I was about to light him up when I saw that. I was like, what is going on? Like he wanted to somebody because I thought it was all him. And I was no. like, oh, he wanted uh, Wonder Woman to get dicked down by uh, Trevor. And I was like, okay, I don't know what is all this. Like, he needed to come and save her and show her what a man is and show her what she's been missing and this, that, and the third. I was like, Jaws is canceled. Yeah, and I remember, I went, like I said, I went to a live reading and we were sitting there like, okay, this is kind of crazy. But they did say to us, they said, this is one of the scripts. We couldn't tell you what stage the script was. We don't know completely. We know this was what he was working on. And then we have to we do have to remember that they parted ways because they wanted things that he did not want. And they end up hiring people to put the things in there. So we again we still don't know where this the script could have been the fifth out of twelve, you know, revisions. So we don't know where we are with that. So yeah, I was when I first saw it, I was like, no. Just really? But then I was like, wait a minute, let me read what they are posting. And even the people who were posting it were saying things like, well, we don't know which part of the script this was. I'm like, well, y'all should have said that at the beginning. Exactly. But that's my little Rennie rat, y'all. You can come at me with that. Um, I still think that some of y'all did the most with your, your think pieces, but at the same time I get that we should hold people accountable. I just want you to have the facts first. Have the facts first. So let's, uh, before we wrap up on Mace T, let's get into Drag Race. Well. <laughs> let's do it. So uh, before we get into the finale, let's go back to the reunion. 
Now, the reunion <laughs> was a sight. This is what everybody was wanting the whole fucking season. So, a lot of shit was said about the other girls from a certain Queen's fans. So, Valentina's fans was going after everybody. They was going after uh, Alexis, saying that she was fat, that she was ugly, that she should kill herself. They were going after this. They were going after that. And Valentina didn't step in and say, hey, you know, you guys cool it off. You know, let's not talk about that. Let's try to build each other up. She didn't say anything about that. And when she was confronted about it, she kind of, she was like, oh, I'm not on social media that much. Or I'm not this and that. And when she says shit like that, she got called out on it. Shay said that, oh, girl, you were on um, one particular app doing swiping left, swiping this, swiping that. So don't sit up here and say that, oh, you're not on social media all that much, where clearly somebody has the receipts. Yeah. Number two, she's saying, oh, um, there was a, a question that was thrown at her saying, why are your fans so hostile and vicious when somebody comes out and says, oh, I'm not particularly fond of Valentina's drag or her personality or her performance or whatever. She's like, oh, um, I come from a, uh, the Chicanos are uh, rep- misrepresented, uh, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, people are like, okay, well, you know, you're not the only Hispanic person that has been on Drag Race, you know, going all the way back to season one. With uh, Jade, with Nina Flowers, with uh, Tammy Brown, all the way up to now. So, what's it really about, girl? Just say that you want the attention and I don't give a damn about you bitches. Just say that. At least we know that you real. Don't say one thing and then try to flip the script now. And that's why I knew... From the get-go, when she did that that lip sync, or a lack thereof of a lip sync, <laughs> I knew she was that girl because she's like, oh, uh, she she came across during that lip sync as I'm too pretty to lip sync, and they've bought what I was selling thus far, so they're not going to send me home any damn way, and that comes from a lack of immaturity and a lack of being caught up in your fantasy. So that was one thing that happened. Another thing that happened was uh, there was a a confrontation between Nina and Shay. Uh, Throughout the season, Nina, she was getting into this this headspace that people were out to get her. And I can understand that headspace where certain things have happened in your life And you don't want to trust anybody. So you come up with these elaborate scenarios that you play out. And it's some kind of some kind of story that you made up to say that, oh, well, I told you so. Or I told myself, though, so I can't trust you or I'll make up stories that to act a certain way towards you. So uh, Nina said that 
um, that her and Shay had some kind of beef. And when confronted, oh, the reunion is the time to get it all out. And she was like, oh, I don't want to talk about it right now. I was like, okay, so when are you going to talk about it? When you're behind a, a phone screen? When you're behind a computer? Because, you know, it's easy to be a Twitter a Twitter thug. It's easy to be, you know, one of these folks that say, oh, I hate that bitch that she should kill herself. Well, when somebody's up in your face saying, oh, what did you say about me? Oh, now you you want to burst into tears and you want to do the little white girl dance saying, oh, I didn't know uh, my comments were misconstrued, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, fuck that. Mm-hmm. And one more thing before we get off the reunion and onto the finale so Valentina was crowned Miss Congeniality, and Aja said no, she shouldn't be Miss Congeniality, because she wasn't congenial. She was a bitch. And basically, they changed it to fan favorite, which obviously should be the right one because she she's not congenial. If you're basing it after what happened on the show and afterwards, she's not congenial. So she doesn't deserve Miss Congeniality. And just because you have the most uh, most fans doesn't mean that you know how to perform. I know that when she came down here, a lot of the queens that I know that worked with her said, oh, she only had a little bit of makeup on. She had like a day face on at a nighttime. And she stood around like she expected everybody to, to fall and, you know, adore her. I'm like, girl, you only been doing drag, what, maybe 10 months professionally you're not that hot just because you you've been on rupaul's drag race and you wanted to increase your booking fee does not mean you know how to do drag let's get that out the way <laughs> i know girls that have been doing drag 15 20 years and still they're learning yeah. it's a constant work in progress now let's get to the finale. Did you see any of the finale? I did. I did. Okay, so let's get it. They had like a um a bracket type tournament. So two people lip sync towards each other, and then the other two lip sync towards each other. So the first people were Peppermint and Trinity, and they I think they lip synced to Stronger. Yeah. So um. Trinity came out bucking. Bucking a twirl. And I was like, okay. And Peppermint was like, she was very somber as far as her performance. I was like, what the fuck is she doing? She's, I was like, oh, so this is already a done deal. Baby. Peppermint, went, <laughs> Peppermint hit that turn. A wig came off under another wig. And she, her gown, her dress came into a gown. Right. I was like, oh, stunt. And those claps, because those claps were like, like that. it was like right on. See, like, exactly. Because so, Peppermint knows she's been doing drag a while, so she knows how to pull out stunts. Yeah. This is not like a, a, a thing that you can pull out when you're doing like a, a first-time pageant, like a Butch Queen first-time in drag type bullshit. No, this is not, this is not how you do that. So Trinity went, uh, was eliminated. Then it was Trinity. It was sorry. It was uh, Shay and Sasha, mm-hmm. and they did. They did so emotional. Yeah. 
So, um, and we hadn't seen Sasha lip sync. So everybody was excited. And Sasha had this flower. I was like, okay, what is she going to do? What's she going to do? So she started, you know, pulling very dramatic, pulling the petals off the flower. I was like, oh, okay. Then she had the petals in the uh, the gloves. I was like, okay, come on. Come on, props. Then she had the petals in her wig. I was like, okay, <laughs> Sasha's got it. Because Shay was not doing anything. And if you're going to come to Drag Race, a finale where you have to lip sync in front of people, yeah. they, I think they expect some kind of stunts. Because yeah. Peppermint had a stunt, Trinity had a stunt, and... Sasha had a stunt, but Shay didn't have anything. I'm like, that lip sync, what she did would have been safe on the main stage against, say, like a Aja or a Kamora Black. But here at the finale, you needed to pull out something. And she didn't, so she went home. Mm-hmm. And everybody was pissed off. I was like, well... Back to just what I just said. If she didn't have any stunts, she was going to go. She was going to go home. Yeah. So the finale was Peppermint and Sasha, and I already knew Peppermint was at a disadvantage because she already used her stunt before. Yeah. Either she was going to use it now, or she was going to use it then. And if she used it now, then there was already a risk of her going home when Trinity used hers. So it almost set up set up the win for Sasha. Mm-hmm. Not to say Sasha didn't earn it. I think she did. She came out with like a white. It was very... Uh, it reminded me of something Alexander McQueen would do yeah. in one of his collections, especially that mask that broke apart. Yeah. And they did, uh, it's not right, but it's okay, the Thunderpuss mix. Yeah. And Sasha went one, and people were pissed off saying that she's not talented, that she's this, she's this, that. I honestly think that the top four was the strongest top four that the season has ever had, that the whole show has ever had. I would be... Yeah, I, I would agree with that, yeah. I, I would agree. be... Um, happy for whoever won and i would actually want to see any of those girls mm-hmm. I, you know i might tip them and give them a dollar but i was it was this season it wasn't i was glad that there wasn't any baggage well hold on i glad that they didn't stretch out any baggage that was brought in because i know eureka and trinity has some kind of beef from the pageant circuit yeah. But they kind of put that over. They crossed that bridge almost midway through the season uh, before Eureka had to go home. So I was, all in all, I'm satisfied that this season is done. I'm satisfied with the winner. Um, y'all can hate me if you want to, but <laughs> during that lip sync, during that finale, Sasha. The two that were in the top, the top two deserve to be in the top two. And as much as I like Shay and I, I live for her drag, she didn't have any stunts. And when you come to that stage, the kids are wanting some kind of stunt. Yeah. And you know, I and, and, and that 
version of it's not right, but it's okay. That is a song for stunts. Like I've it is. I, I remember when that came out. I was living in Georgia, and I feel like everywhere I went from Savannah, Atlanta, when I was in um, Orlando, every every queen did that song. But they had a stunt. Something changed. They did either snatch something off, had another wig under another wig, um, had a new dress under one dress, or it was something always with that song. So I feel like that's the type of song that you always have a stunt ready to go. And I was expecting more. I wanted like I wanted stunts on stunts, you know, especially uh-huh. when that, that part where Whitney will say, You're making a fool of me, that's where you needed it. To me it's like that's your perfect that's the stunt moment. That's the money shot. Somewhere you have to have a stunt when she said no. So I'm like, it's time for you to have a stunt. I but I, I agree, you know, I went back and forth. So I had to watch a few times. Um but you know, Sasha deserves this. And I've watched some of Sasha's performances when she's done analytics and what have you. So I feel like that she's talented. I don't know where the people are getting that from. She's she will catch your eye. You will be watching her. You won't be bored. So uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I, I I was satisfied, and I think all of all of the top four were talented as hell. And I'll say again, I would pay. I would pay money to go see them if they were in town, which I know they're going to be in town sooner or later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it what was a it was a satisfying finale. Yeah, but I'm sorry that dress that Rue wore was horrible. <laughs> that was that was the worst that I think she has looked. That was like a bad springtime Barbie outfit. Like I was like, mm. right, and I'm not a fan of those big exaggerated bows that across the. Uh, the bus line, mm-hmm. I hate those. I like them more on the shoulder, or the I like sh- it like that. Or I like the more. You remember um, in school days when they did "I Don't Want to Be Alone Tonight." I like it. Yes, both, like on the bottom or on the, you know on the something like that. Bring those dresses back, <laughs> right? That's yeah. What I or when, or if you want to get really into it, do one of Jam's dresses. Jam had a dress that had like bows or this. The bowl at the bottom was kind of a brownish out dress that she had during the jam jam. I can't remember what it was, but it was a couple of dresses she had, and Pizazz had like a dress similar to that too. I remember. I think I I remember the dress. I don't remember the episode that that was on, but yeah, Jim did have a a dress like that. Yeah, I'm actually brought up Jim dressing, but but I have to say that if people if drag queens, if you're really trying to get it together and think of some some outfits. You do need to watch Jim. Just watch. There are plenty of ideas you can steal. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a uh, uh, outfit that Aja wears. It's a uh, it's like a it's a pantsuit mm-hmm. um, that white and red, and then she has a red beret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's about. that's one of my favorite outfits. And then Raya has one. She's wearing, I think it's pink pants. And a a sweater, but the sweater is cut off. Uh, the sweater is cut off on the shoulders, mm-hmm. and it's a blue. It's very cute. Yes, if you, I will say that if you're going to copy any gowns, copy the glitter and gold gowns because those gowns, were yeah, because it was all it was different for each of the girls. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's funny how I can think about the outfits and how that because of that I used to want to design, but it was just so many great outfits. So any of you baby drag queens, if y'all are thinking about getting into it, y'all need to go go to or go to Prancatron. Prancatron. 
com because they have all the dresses, every outfit she's ever wore, and tell you what episode she wore them in. You can look that up, and it will show you everything about those outfits. So, and the um at the Midsummer's Night uh uh the Midsummer's Night Madness episode yeah. when they were in Greece, all those episodes, all those uh outfits. Oh, yeah, that was great too. See yeah. how see how we switch that conversation at Jill. Well, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> Within five to ten episodes, we'll get up into gym. <laughs> I love it so much. All right, so I guess that's it, right? I guess that's it for our maze team. That's all I have. All right, so we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll get into the king size issue. Universal FanCon is a brand new convention coming to the Baltimore Convention Center in April of 2018. FanCon will be a round-the-clock event featuring comics, cosplay, gaming, celebrity guests, music, and more with a focus on diversity and inclusion. Get your tickets now at UniversalFanCon.com because geek is universal. All right, and we are back. And today in the King Size Issue, we're going to just get into it. We've talked about this in different segments. We're just going to talk about the X-Men movies and just uh, basically we're asking the question (laughs) well, what the fuck is going on? Basically that's what it is. What is really going on? Like we have thought about it and looked at it and we know the Dark Phoenix is coming but we also know they have they have expanded the universe to where we may have the new mutants we got cable and deadpool we have all these other things and then we may have x force and whatever but it just it comes back to the x-men movies and it just makes me wonder what is like what what is it what is what what is going on with it and why is it that they love to stray so far away from the material but also is, is it feels like they go out of their way to do the wrong things, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm just gonna just gab about that because I just I struggle with it. Like this, like right now, the Dark Phoenix, it just it came out wrong. Already came out wrong. Loud and wrong. Loud and wrong. <laughs> like we like we like the fact that we talked about this earlier, but they want to make Lelandra the villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna bring in Shiar and they're bringing in Dassler. Um, which let's talk about that real quick. So the rumor <laughs> right now is they want Taylor Swift to be Dassler, and I'm sitting here going, okay, I guess y'all haven't been paying attention. Like I know she's popular to some degree, but she's also well hated too. And right. I probably think if I was producing this movie, like, uh, and somebody says Taylor Swift, and I would be like, well, let's look at. Like basically, she's been out of the media since she got she got um dragged. called basically dragged by not only us but you know Kim Kardashian, which I hated that I was cheering her on because I don't really care for the Kardashians, but the fact that she was dragged for lying. Um, also, how BuzzFeed dragged her about how she used her fake feminism to kind of you know move her agenda. BuzzFeed's best uh, article they have ever written and will probably ever write. So yeah, it was just so many things um, wrong with that, wrong with her. And so to hear this rumor, it's like you're not really thinking that you know bringing her in will probably make it, uh, you know, whatever. But then you also have Magneto who had nothing to do with the Dark Phoenix. You have Mystique who had nothing to do with the Dark Phoenix. 
you're bringing in characters like, yeah, I understand you're doing it because you think people like it, but we don't. We don't really care for that. I feel like we've seen too much, you know, Magneto-centric stories. You've made Mystique a big part of the Basically story. a good guy. Yeah, that we didn't really care for. Um, we're still struggling with some of the things that you're doing, the choices you made with some of the casting. Storm, I mean, we can go all day about the whole Storm situation. And I just don't understand, like, what is what is the goal here? Like, what? Like, I understand what you did back in, what, 2000 when you made the movie. But now you have other movies out here. You have the original company who owns X-Men, who's just, I feel, basically waiting for y'all to be like, you know what? Maybe y'all should have it back. Like, it's like that. It's like... You know, you're watching somebody use your stolen phone. <laughs> like, yeah, or you you watching somebody, like, spend the money that they just stole from you. Like, I know you stole my money, and I see you buying that Subway sandwich. It's like that. And I feel like they know that you need to give them back their money. It's like, y'all need to give this this franchise back. Because you're not making, you're not making the best of it. You're not. And, like, this Dazzler, I was like, okay, so y'all really don't want to win. And... I don't understand of all the people that fit the Dazzler personality. Taylor fucking Swift. Are you kidding me? So Lady Gaga, Janelle Monet, they just, they don't exist. I'm like, okay, so y'all... It's almost as if they're self-sabotaging themselves and they're going to say, oh, well, the fans didn't want it, so I guess we'll just, it's the fans' fault. I'm like, we've been saying this from day one. And as far as the uh, storms, the best storms have been uh, Iona Morris and Allison Seeley Smith. And if you don't know who they are, then I can't help you. Number two. Number three. How are you going? How in the fuck are you going to have a Phoenix saga centered around Magneto, Xavier, and Mystique? So you just gonna fuck Cyclops until the end of time. And, but ever since Jean Grey took him out the first five minutes in the last stand. Yeah. And Lalandra as a bad guy. Lalandra was never a bad guy to the X-Men. Now, sure, they had differences. Sure, the Imperial Guard fought against the X-Men not once but twice. But to have her label as, oh, she's the villain. Or she's a villain. It's like they're not doing their homework. Yeah. And I saw all that. They tweeted a picture with uh, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau. So... So I know that motherfucker's fine. <laughs> that motherfucker is fine as fuck. Anyway, they tweeted the picture of him. I was like, Justin, you can keep him because we don't want him. We don't want Nan, none of them. And it was only what one, two diverse people. And it just goes against everything that Stan Lee and all these people that created X Men, it just goes against what they wrote. So X-Men was all about inclusion. X-Men was all about diversity. And all you have are these lily white fucking people in this movie saying, oh, these are X-Men. No, they're not. No, they're not. They are some 
gentrified mayonnaise having X-Men that you want to push on us and say that they are. I'm yeah. not buying it and I'm not trying to cop it for a discount. Yeah, I'm not even trying to rent it. Like, it's, it's at a point where I'm just like, y'all are almost like irrelevant, like Transformer movies. Like, there's no point in it. And I felt like I felt like the fans spoke when Apocalypse came out because it was like the lowest grossing one, I think. And so it was not the best one. People paying this. And I felt like, okay, y'all should have like licked your wounds and not came out with something for a while. Because it's like, let's take some moment or take, a, take some time to kind of figure out what we need to do better. Why are we bringing back certain characters? Why do they need to be in it? Are they really the reason people go and see these movies? I don't, no one is going to see Jennifer Lawrence. No one's going to see Magneto. So I think you can take this out. Um, Not unless uh, Ian McKelly is playing Magneto. Not unless uh, Patrick Stewart is playing Professor X. Not unless Rebecca Romaine is playing Mystique, which she will always be the the best Mystique. I I miss her because I like the fact that she gave you the Mystique that I feel like I was reading, um, that I grew up with. Um, But, you know, when I think about it still, it's, it's just the fact that we, they could actually look at the, the material that's always been there. Dark Phoenix is it's it's one of their biggest money makers of, of 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 you know it's the biggest push of that comic. Why are we sitting up here trying to rewrite it to fit a certain thing that no one really asked for? The fans, as I said before, they have already spoken about how they feel about these movies. It's time for them to kind of give us what we want. Um, again, you also have movies that are coming out better than this. Deadpool changed the game for them. And it says, like, you have a chance to rewrite things because Deadpool did so well. So well. So you have a chance to give us better stories to where we can still, you know, get a little bit of what we like, but maybe something new can be pushed in there that we actually approve of. But not some of the stuff that we've been seeing in these past few movies. Um, I think the only one that I really like is, is X2. The rest of them I don't care about. And that's really sad. Logan and X2 and Deadpool are the only ones I've liked so far. And of the X movies, only X2. Uh, I look back at X2, it's a little bit dated, but I I still like it more than I do the others. I just don't know if they actually think about how to tell these stories and how to really connect with the fans who have been there for over 50-something years, 70 years, whatever. We've been there for so long. I feel like y'all need to like the, the 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 meetings should be how do we reach out to the people who have always loved it and how do we keep them with us? Right, because as as far as I'm concerned, the X Men that I knew died September twentieth, nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, I, again, I can't help you <laughs> because it's. Wow. It's just so much that it's just so it's just so like to know what this movie may be hurts. I feel like I did not learn a lesson. I didn't learn a lesson from Apocalypse. And I and I'm just afraid to even because they'll entice us with a trailer. We'll look at the trailer and be like, oh That's they'll they'll bring out the best parts of the trailer and then the rest of the movie will be shit. Like, uh, let's go back, for instance, for X2. One of the best scenes in the movie was the beginning open, the beginning sequence where Nightcrawler was in the White House. 
the uh, a couple of the best scenes in well, the best scene in Apocalypse was the beginning scene when they were back in ancient Egypt. I'm just like, I shouldn't, and this goes to how they cut trailers in general. I shouldn't see the whole movie in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Like, I shouldn't be able to know, okay, either this happens, I shouldn't be able to tell the exact story yeah. in a trailer. And I, I I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take for them to get the idea or to get it through their head that what they do, what they're doing is wrong. And it's not making them any kind of money. Or I take that back. It's not making them any kind of lifelong stance because people people know who the X-Men are. People know what the X-Men stand for. People know who the X-Men is included. It's supposed to be a representative of diversity in all types, whether it be ethnicity, disabilities, sexualities, anything. So to have, to parade all these, the majority of these white people around to say, oh, we have diversity with the a couple of there's a nigga over there and you know there's a faggot over there you know, i'm like what are you really doing I, I really don't understand why they feel the need to do this and for the phoenix saga we've already touched about this on a prior episode but i of course don't let me get to ranting because i'll say it again you can't have a Phoenix Saga that is wrapped up in two and a half hours. That Phoenix Saga, which to me is arguably one of the best stories that has ever been written in a comic book. You can't you can't let the you can't throw it all together and then allow the story to breathe. Number one. Number two, all of these different mutants are in the story. So to cram them in one movie, you're already handicapping yourself. Yeah. And if Cyclops and Jean Grey aren't the center of the story, then what are you doing? What are you doing it for? Just for Jennifer Lawrence to cash another check? Just for her to put on that blue makeup that looks like she was drowning uh, Smurfka? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't... You're right. Why are we we focusing on these side characters when they wasn't really a big part in it? Xavier, yes. He was because he had to face her at one point to get her back on track. You know, right? He had to put the psychic circuit breakers in her mind. It's the fact that we are we have all these additional people that's going to clutter the story. And you're right. This should be two movies because I want us to go into where they had to fight. Um, like the reason how she even got it. Like when they had to go into space, but they really didn't go in space. Space. They were going when she. Was well. Technically, it's not Gene. It's a clone of Gene, who's Phoenix. 
But if you know something to where how did how did she get it? Because they, they need to talk about that. But are we going to go right into the first time they meet the Shiar with the can, or are they going to try to keep it all? Because they they may try to do it all in one big bundle, like the can. She saved them, but now she's going bad. But they have to, you know, like how are they going to do this? I just don't have a lot of faith. And I don't. Yes. And so I feel like they try to tie us with Apocalypse. Now they misuse Psylocke. How they, How they mis- misused Apocalypse because yeah. Apocalypse is not getting washed by Jean Grey in in this Earth or the next Earth. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Even she's not supposed to even have the Phoenix Force yeah. in her to begin with. So ain't no way in hell that Jean Grey is washing Apocalypse. I don't care what anybody says. You can fight me. You can at me. No, that's not happening. Yeah. So it's she's just, just gonna wear him out and. He's something, Apocalypse, going back to this movie, he's something that can never die. So how is she all of a sudden, she's just going to wipe away him like he never existed. He's evil reincarnated. So how is she defeating that and he's not coming back in like another form? Because, you know, he has the Lazarus Chamber. He, uh, it, it was just... I don't understand. Why are you doing this? Why? Now, I hope they don't try to mix it in while the Dark Phoenix was triggered after she fought him. So I'm like, oh, then I'm out. I'm like, I'm not even going to do that much. But I feel like we're going to know more about this movie at Comic-Con, and that's where we'll get it. But I hope that if it is, if it is just a bunch of foolishness, you know we're going to drag it. Because we're all going to be in that space. <laughs> so it's going to... I have no problem dragging shit that, uh, I, I have no problem with that because you can't much like the gym movie because we dragged the dog shit out of the gym movie. You're not going to take something that we all grew up on and bastardize it and then say, oh, it's it's what you wanted. Yeah. Had me standing out there for seven hours to be in the final scene of the movie and then it turned out to be garbage. I'm still mad about that. I know they paid you. Didn't they pay you? No, they didn't pay us because we volunteered. it was a volunteer. Bullshit. I'm, but I, I wanted to do it because I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm gonna be out here. So I'm, I'm at the end. You can barely see me, but I was at the end when they did that little concert, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. But anyway, I, I mean, not to completely dwell on this, but we really want to know what, why are we doing this? And I hope, I, I don't want to wish failure on the movie, but I hope this movie. Whatever happens, make them think about the franchise. Good or bad, makes them really think about the franchise. Because you cannot be in a Marvel Universe world putting out foolishness like this. Especially when it's their stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like you borrowing somebody else's dress and you look a mess in it. Right. And it's like, oh girl, you know, I look good I look better than you. Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, what? They just need to go ahead and sell the rights back. I know Marvel has the money. Yeah, they do now. I mean, what don't they own? They <laughs> shit. They probably own us. They probably do. We haven't even found out yet. But I feel like right. But yeah, I feel like Kevin needs to be aggressive and just say, you know what? Y'all had ten or more years with this, and we still we still don't get what we get. So let's just no more than ten years. You got seventeen years. Of all this, so it's like let's just 
Let's just call bygones be bygones, whatever they say. And right, just, let's call bygones be bygones. You can get the hell on you and your mama. You've had a good run, but we're going to do our version. The same way they did with Spider-Man, like how they, you know, it's like, okay, yo had a good run, but we're going to do ours, and you see how people responded to ours. <laughs> I'm like, let's just do that. Like, let's see how you respond to that. And maybe we can say y'all can come and visit an alternative timeline. You know, you can do that with another day. Like, you're like oh, this is the X-Men we've never met before. This light-skinned Hall- this light-skinned Stone. You know, right. Mm. Uh, see, I was about to say, is uh, Brian Singer attached to the Dark Phoenix, but he's one of the producers. And I'm like, girl, will you I let can- it go? He yeah. acts like it's to me. It seems like Brian Singer thinks he's like the biggest X Men fan, and that he knows everything, and that you can't tell him shit, and that I'm gonna do what I want to do, and I'm gonna say what I want to say, and you bitches are just gonna have to take it. Yeah. He seems and like I, one of them girls. And I think that we're on a path of destruction because we have this show gifted, and nobody's really, which I'm sure they're gonna talk about that at Comic Con too. That that already looks messy, and I'm just like, y'all going down a path. That I just think that you're. I feel like you like you sabotaging this on purpose. Like it feels like it, but you know, we're gonna see this movie. We're gonna hear a lot about it. If I, if it's as bad as I think it is, I'm just gonna try to bootleg it. To be honest, yeah, we're gonna review it. But I, I'm just saying that my my enthusiasm for it is just low as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I see the director um, Simon Kinberg he directed episodes of Legion and he was a producer on Logan a producer on Deadpool and a producer on uh, First Class as well as Days of Future Past so I don't I don't know what it is it's like what is it if it's not the producer and the director then it has to be the writers or some kind of combination of the two. Cause I don't I don't get why they don't want to win. <laughs> Me too. Like why what what is what is this mystery? But you know what? I mean what can we do? We we we're just we're just venting our, our frustrations with it. We we want the movies to succeed. I don't want people to think that we don't want this to. We've been wanting them to win for a long ass time. I just ever think- since the first movie came out back in what what it came out two thousand one. No two thousand two thousand. I was oh my god! I was still in middle school when that movie came out. Yeah. And I was in. I remember how excited I was. I was you know back the internet was not at, at the full power as it is now. Um, but you know, looking at every little thing we can look at, um, hunting down the storm and Jean Grey figures at the store. Right. Um, I still got like a, I think I have a Toad, uh, movie action figure, uh, still in the package or a Wolverine or something like that. Like, and I remember because the movie was coming out, they, uh, re-aired the X-Men animated series. So to get everybody hyped and I'm like, ah. And I even got into their black outfits, even though I was like, mm, okay, well, I got into that. Um, but look, we'll end on this. We wanted to, we wanted to succeed. But again, if you, if this comes out to be a dud, that's it. That is it. We're going full force 
and I'm sure we won't be alone about this. Y'all need to give it up. Right. If y'all do like uh, Curtis and them and step into the bad side, then, uh, you know, I just can't do anything with you. Can't. And on that note, yeah. I think it brings an end to our ep- our episode tonight. So, like always, follow us on Twitter. I am at Porter Pizzazz. Victor is at Wonderman5. Follow the podcast at Mechanshine Pod. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. Give us a rating on iTunes. We're on St- SoundCloud, Stitcher. If you got any questions, comments, send us to uh megashane6 at gmail.com um we are going to take a one week hiatus so victor can go to canada and get his uh back broken um <laughs> Mama <laughs> so he can get that that good yum yums so we will be back with you in what is that date? I have no idea. I think it's the 11th or 12th. We'll be back on that around that time. Around that time. Yeah. Yes, it will be the 11th when we come back for an all-new episode. Hopefully um, something happens. <laughs> you know, yeah. shit will gonna pop off as soon as we sign off. Yeah, it will. It will. Any final words? No. Um, oh, I had a good performance review so i'm excited okay (laughs) and i'm gonna need i'm gonna need these folks to leave me the fuck alone at work (laughs) if i have my headphones in do not fucking talk to me (laughs) all right y'all we are out see y'all later